This is what you call a paradigm shift. Goodbye and good night. And welcome back to the Wrestling Nations podcast. I am your host alongside my favorite South African friend, the biggest mark in the history of South Africa, my friend Dale. And this week we are going to review Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. It was some very interesting stuff that went down, some old biz quiz things that went down. But before we get into that, uh, if you haven't checked out last week's episode, we did with the Wrestle Kingdom review with our good friend Tara. Please check that out. Also, we're now on Twitter. You can follow us at TWMP878. That's at TWMP878. Now, hard to kill. Very good pay-per-view. Wouldn't you think so, Dale? I thought it was a very good pay-per-view. Yeah. And, like, the funny thing is the last Impact pay-per-view I actually watched was Hard to Kill 2020 when they had that main event between Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard. That was the last time I actually bought an Impact pay-per-view. So watching this and like how much it improved, I was very surprised at how good it was. Yeah, um, this is surprisingly the first ever Impact pay-per-view. And the reason I say surprisingly is because when TNA was in their heyday, when I was seven or eight years old, 2012, 2013, you know, those times, you know, Hardy's on top, the Aces and Mates running things. I was the biggest TNA Impact fan you would meet. Uh, they actually ran uh, TV tapings. There was one live episode and one taped immediately after that I went to in Tupelo, Mississippi. It was yeah, it was incredible. I met Bully Ray and James Storm afterwards, and Bully Ray made fun of me for being a Jeff Hardy fan. I see. Uh, yeah, I yeah, actually, yeah. I actually nearly went to an Impact Wrestling taping. Funnily enough, it was like back in 2012 when I was on holiday in the in the US with my family. We were in Orlando at the time, and on the day we were into Universal Studios, which was where they were doing the Impact tapings at the time. I was like, I asked my parents, like, can we go watch Impact Wrestling? So at first they were they were a bit hesitant, but they were like, okay, well, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to like go watch wrestling live because hardly any live events come to South Africa. But I mean, that's slowly changing now with WWE, but with this pandemic, we can't say if we'll ever have live events again or not. But anyway, so at uh, the time... Well- Wait, hang on one second. I got to ask you a quick question about that show. Before the show, did they ask, did JB get on the mic and go, all right, the loudiest and rowdiest fans will get back and will get to go backstage and meet Jeff Hardy? No, uh, no, actually, at the end, we never went to the Impact Wrestling taping because at the time when we were just about to go and like line up we saw how full the line was and so we were also a bit tired after like a full day at universal studios so we were like uh no it's fine let's just leave it i can always just watch impact on tv if if we had time whatever but yeah oh, just man. what is just... doing in the impact zone <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so I would really have my impact impact wrestling debut as like a as like a scrawny teenager, but no, it wasn't meant to be. But going back to Hard to Kill, um, definitely a great pay per view from start to end. A bit of some off moments here and there, but we'll we'll get to that. But overall, I was fairly impressed with this pay per view. Yeah, uh, pretty solid. Um, the last two matches, especially that last match, we'll get to that in a second. It created some controversy with a certain Tongan. Uh, I don't know who we could be talking about. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, let's get into the show. So the first match on the card, I believe, was Rosemary and Crazy Steve. They're reuniting as DK, and they took on. Caleb with the K and Tennille Dashwood. Pretty standard opening match. Uh, the finish, Rosemary and Crazy Steve hit Caleb with the K and uh, almost called her Emma, but no, it's uh, Tennille Dashwood <laughs> with the miss. Rosemary hits Spear, one, two, three. Good guys win. Yeah, 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 definitely like just like a standard open match just to like get things started. And I believe this was like uh, kind of like Crazy Steve's like return match, kind of because I think if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the impact before Hard to Kill, Crazy Steve made his return to Impact Wrestling and then reunited with yeah. Rosemary, which kind of led to this opening match. But yeah, it was it was your pretty standard um, opening match. I thought that um, all the all the wrestlers in this match looked good. It was great that uh, Rosemary and Crazy Steve could get the win. And yeah, yeah, nothing more to be said about that. Uh, yeah, this was a good match, whatever. Uh, next match uh, was, I, believe, sec. I think it was just a segment uh, with uh, Moose and Rich Swan. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm going off this with no notes, by the way. This, this little kayfabe where you're breaking the fourth wall. So, uh, do, you want so me, do, you, do you want me to get the... Do you want me to get the the match card for you? Yeah, yes, please. We're just okay. breaking kayfabe here on this podcast. This is what we do. I mean, See it's fine. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, the fourth wall has been broken a long time ago in the wrestling industry, so I don't think people expect us to pull any kayfabe punches here. <laughs> oh, by the way, just so just so we we're aware of this, I have to be at school at five a.m. tomorrow. I'm recording this on a Wednesday night after Dynamite. I, it's ten forty-six p.m. Central Time. I have to be up and awake at school at five a.m. And here I am recording a podcast. Yeah, you know my quality, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lord, I'm gonna be exhausted tomorrow. Oh, Check you? my Twitter, and it's just gonna be. Oh my God, why did I do that? <laughs> well you well you chose it but anyway that that just shows your um how committed you are to this podcast so you know, like i love this business oh sorry that was a little loud <laughs> that's fine it's okay um so the match card that we have if i could just find it i remember all of these matches in detail but i can't remember in which order is the issue Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. So let me just let me just type in uh, hard. To I got it. Kill. Oh, you got it. Perfect. Uh, e, e, um, um, you sure? You sure you got the uh, card? I believe. So. Uh, 
no, I don't. Oh, no, 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 I got it, I got it. No, I legit got it now. So don't worry, we're all set now, people. <laughs> yes, okay. well, as you can see, very professional here on this podcast. Yeah, we're still trying to find our feet here. We're a little green here, as they like to call we're, it. We're green, we're green, kid. We got to pay our dues, kid. $20 on handshake. Good job, brother. Yeah, but don't worry. We'll, we'll, we're just slowly improving. But by but but yeah, we'll know where we went wrong. In other words, in other words, we can suck. <laughs> on, oh no! Don't say that! Don't say hey, that! No. It's I cool. mean, you suck. You suck. <laughs> okay, so would you like me to just read out the match card instead, and then you just take over and talk about it? What was the next match on the show, please? So the next match is Violent by Design, consisting of Eric Young, Cody Dina, and Joe okay, Dory, yes. versus Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer in an old-school little six-man tag match. Okay, so they have been building this for weeks. If you don't know... Cody Daner and Cousin Jake were attacking their cousins, and obviously. And uh, the, Cody Daner turned on Cousin Jake, and he did this sort of new revitalized gimmick where Eric Young basically is brainwashing him, and Cody Daner shaved his head and turned his back on his cousin. And Rhino is helping Cousin Jake out here by fighting this match for him. And uh, Tommy Dreamer's here, too. <laughs> uh <laughs> and uh, this match was uh, it's been a pretty compelling storyline this match was good there was one very interesting spot which I want to get to quickly uh, there was a spot where Eric Young jumps off the top rope and Tommy Dreamer hits <laughs> Eric Young with a frying pan and Eric Young <laughs> the cell I've ever seen in my life this dude straight up flare flops and he hops around and then flare flops. It's the best. It's like he's going to do the worm. It's like Scotty. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always love those types of souls where they just like over exaggerated. It's like, oh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like that's type of stuff that just makes the match great but yeah uh, for me i also enjoyed this match pretty well like i thought it was a really good old school um i don't want to say extreme rules but a hardcore style match um definitely it was great having like like the extreme originals of rhino and tommy dream in this match just to build it up a bit more to add to like the violence and stuff and yeah i'll definitely say the right team won with um, I think Eric Young did the yeah. the sitting pile sitting down pile driver pile driver one two three that was it and uh, yeah. yeah yeah so I would say definitely um, Impact is building up Eric Young again to be like one of their top um, wrestlers again in the company so definitely him getting the win was the right choice. Uh, the next match was uh, no sorry there was a backstage segment after this. Uh, it yes, yes, Rich yes, Swan, there was. And sitting down with Chris Saban, where they, if you don't know, Alex Shelley uh, had to be replaced in this match, but they said was uh, inconvenient circumstances or something. And uh, so they replaced them with Moose. And if you don't know, Rich Swan has been feuding with Moose because Moose calls himself the real world's champion, carries around the old TNA world championship, and calls himself Mr. Impact Wrestling. And they're in bro in a bitter feud right now. But basically, 
Moose walks into the dressing room. They're warming up, and he says, "We're a team." And he says, "You th- and Rich Swan says, you really think I can trust you?" And he says, "I." And Moose talks about his time in the NFL and how he says he's played with some guys who he hated, who he loathed. And but then when they got on the field and they went to war, he would jump in front of a bullet for him. And so it basically says, "Let's go, let's go kick these outsiders' ass and." Get out of here, and that's basically what it boiled down to. And they got ready, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good way just to like kind of um, cut the tension in the air about the big question of uh, will Moose um, play along with Rich Swan and Chris Saban? Will they get along as a team? That was like the main story that was like building throughout the pay per view. So that just added some more context to see like is Moose going to play ball or is he going to take business for himself? But we'll wait and see when we get to the main event. Anyway, the next match after that promo was the finals to the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship between Fire and Flavor, consisting of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles versus Havoc and Nevaeh. And... Um, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele's um, Fire and Flavor got the win and are the new uh, Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. What are your thoughts on this break? Really good match. Really solid. These t- these two teams are really good. I've been watching a whole lot of AEW lately, so I've forgotten how good women's wrestling can be. Uh, uh, this match was very good. Um, congrats to those two. By the way, fun fact, do you want to know who the last Knockouts champion tag, tag team champions were before these belts got vacated and then brought back? It was, was Eric Young and ODB. Yes, I remember that. I was around watching Impact at that time when they made ODB and Eric Young the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. And what a weird time that was. I mean, compared to now where... Um, the taking, they're, they're really trying to build up the knockouts division and like get them to the top. Because I remember a time back in the early two thousands where Impact's knockout division was one of the top women's divisions in in the US. Like, it wasn't one of it, it was the top. Like, it, it was, was it was definitely the top. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So now for them to bring back the knockouts tag team championships, it's 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 a good start to like uh, revitalize the the division and things like that. And I, I'm pretty sure that Impact will do a much better job of having like a women's division tag team championships than what WWE and AEW are doing right now with their uh, women's tag team championships, respectively respectively but yeah i do think that fire and flavor were the favorites and i do think that they were the ones that deserve to win this match and to win the tournament so i'm very happy for them um it seems like um based on what happened afterwards uh things are not done between havoc and nevaeh so i'm really interested to see how this plays out in the next few weeks so yeah congratulations fire and flavor okay also uh congratulations madison rain on a great career she announced this weekend after they uh gave introduced the belts you know to hogan and steels they gave the belts and she announced that she was going to retire from wrestling finally she's had a great career and i hope the rest of her life is good for her she did some great stuff in tna with the beautiful people good hill work as you know the queen madison rain 
all around good work and correct. I hope our retirement's well. Wish you a happy retirement, Madison. So good luck with that. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations, Madison Rain, on a fantastic career, definitely. So after the Knockouts uh, Tag Team Championship match, we were supposed to have the X Division Triple Threat match. But before we could do that, Ace Austin came out to the ring to cut a promo as to why he isn't featured on the card. And then afterwards, uh, Scott DeMore came out to say that he had the right person for Austin to challenge. And lo and, and behold... Cody's best friend came out. And lo, then all the pyro went off. And, it, oh, and lo, it just, lo and behold, Matt Cardona makes his Impact Wrestling debut. Holy cow. I was not expecting Matt Cardona to, to appear on Hard to Kill. That was a real shock for me to see that. And so they had like a, they had like a match between each other and then the match then, just ended suddenly with Madman Fulton just coming in and beating up Matt Cardona. So yeah, uh, Brayden, go ahead and give us your thoughts on on this match. Man, I wonder who got him this job. Hmm. Uh, I think, uh, whatever, good for Matt Cardona. I hope he's getting paid. Uh, uh, as far as paid. I know, as, as far as I know, he signed, he signed a, a full-time contract to Impact. So he's definitely gonna, gonna stay as, stay uh, as like one of the, the main wrestlers. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Matt Cardona and Impact for the for the next while. They could have really done something with him and AEW, but no, he came in during the summer and lost to the Dark Order in a tag match on Double or Nothing, I believe it was, and just that was or All Out, sorry, and uh, that was it. They just kind of didn't do anything else with him after that. It's just like, what are you doing? Why couldn't they have signed him? He's a really good talent. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. It just didn't work out. But good for him. Hope he's getting paid, like I said. I think he can do some cool things here. Yeah. He's and, back with his wrestling figure buddy. Yeah, I was yeah, I was just about to say, now that him and Brian Myers are both on impact, they, they could definitely do stuff together with each other. So yeah, definitely looking forward to that. But um yeah, I was just a bit disappointed that the match just ended so suddenly with Madman Fulton like um coming in. But I guess it was just to I guess the match is just really like a filler just to like get Cardona's uh, debut out of the way. Um, just to kind it's of... an angle. It wasn't a match. It was yeah, just it's a, an angle. Yeah, it's just an angle really. And also just like a filler to fill in between the Knockouts Tag Team Championship match and then to eventually the next match on the card, which is the Triple Threat X Division Championship match. And between, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, and oh my god, indeed. Between Manic, oh my Chris Bay, and Rohit Raju. So go ahead, Braden, give us your thoughts. Good Lord. Some, I almost had a heart attack during this match. Me and Dale watched this on a call together over Discord, and uh, I couldn't do nothing but scream. It was, uh, it's, it was something. Uh, there's so many moves that I couldn't keep up with this. Basically, to summarize what happened, for, summarize what happened, for you in this match, Rahit Raju unmasked Manic. Surprise, surprise! It's TJP with face paint to be shocked and surprised by everyone. I couldn't believe it. It was honestly, <laughs> awesome. 
And uh, there was some really insane moves. There was a catching cutter from I want it, it was done to TJP, and I want to say who was who was the third guy in this match? Oh, Rohit Raju. Rohit Raju. No, no, not oh, Rohit. Chris Bay. The guy. Chris Bay. <laughs> wow, that's not very. That's not very good of me. That's not very. Awesome. Are you are you sleeping on Chris Bay? Chris Bay no. is. Is really one of the best X Division guys that I have come across in such a long time. Like, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll admit, I'm a big fan of Chris Bay. I love him. I really, really love him. No, Chris Bay is fantastic. He's just finished 11 o'clock at night on the dot. Oh, oh, you're tired, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I am gutted. <laughs> but yeah, Chris Bay. It was Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, and Manic slash TJP. That was the three people in the match. Yeah, and then uh, Chris Bay caught TJP out of the air with a cutter and like did a three sixty with him. It was some ridiculous stuff. But in the end, TJP, Manic, whatever you want to call him, ended up picking up the win. Uh, yes, yeah, good, really good match. One of the best matches on the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So far. So far, this was the match of the night for me. Like, these three guys really put it out there with their athleticism and, like, their in-ring ability and their chemistry is just fantastic. Like, like I won't lie, I was I was hoping that, that uh, Chris Bay would win the match because I feel that he should be... I, I feel that, like... He went from challenging for the for the Impact Wrestling Championship um, against Rich Swan, I think a final resolution to now challenging for the X Division uh, Championship. I thought that maybe it would be the right time to make him the X Division Champion, but I guess not that they want to um, make TJP run for the title a bit longer. Hopefully, I would like a I would like a rematch of this sort of thing again very soon but um, it seems like they're gonna build towards Ace Austin and and Manic as the next X Division Championship match but yeah great match all around and probably one of the matches of the night for me so the next match is the Impact Knockouts Championship between Deonna Perrazzo and Taya Valkyrie another good match to make a sh- to make a long story short, Ty lost, and uh, it appears she's on her way out too. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It seems like they've written out, written her out of impact wrestling now. Can we talk about how they wrote her? They wrote her out quickly. Uh, yeah, sure. Go the, ahead. They basically revealed that she was the one that shot Johnny Bravo. And uh, when they went to <laughs> I, I, I can't stop laughing when they say like she shot Johnny Bravo. Like every time I hear Johnny Bravo, I think of like the cartoon character Johnny Bravo, not John E. Bravo. Yeah. It's, the cartoon network guy. Yeah. Yeah, the cartoon network guy. So I'm like, oh my gosh, she shot Johnny Bravo. It's like, hey mama. Like what? <laughs> like that's sort of Johnny Bravo. That's the one I think of. But anyway, continue. No, here's here's the really funny part of that segment so Johnny Bravo when they're dragging her away he, he looks at Tommy Dreamer and goes what's going to happen to her you think and he says it, he says she'll probably get three years in Jacksonville State Penitentiary or at worst she'll get five years in the Stanford Maximum Security Penitentiary 
and then oh, my and other one. <laughs> and I said, "Good lord!" And then basically they're dragging out the door, and then <gasps> Rosemary stops them, and then she says, "I'm sorry," and you know, and Rosemary said, "We had a plan," and blah blah blah, blah. and just she's about to get dragged away. Rosemary stops them, they hug, they cry, and then she leaves, and uh, Crazy Steve walks up, and Rosemary says. And this is why we don't have friends, but we have each other. Because like, uh, it always ends up bad for us. It's like, uh, yeah, poor Rosemary. That's also but, boots yeah. to Ali leaving at Impact as well and going on to AEW. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they literally killed her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, they, I, well, there was also... Stab you in the neck. There, was all, there was also one more thing that they mentioned when you mentioned about the the Jacksonville and at Stanford thing, they also mentioned Baltimore, and Baltimore's the the headquarters of Ring of Honor. <laughs> Baltimore, good lord! <laughs> so they were really ripping the other the other companies. <laughs> Jacksonville State Penitentiary is the one that really got me. Yeah, Jacksonville and Stanford. Like it's it's hard not to put two and two together. It's like, oh, they're talking about AEW and WWE. Oh, good old impact just making jokes about the companies. But but yeah. Um for me, yeah, this was definitely a good match. Like again, just shows like how good of a division. Um, Impact's knockout division is um, Deonna Peraza has just been nothing short of fantastic as the champion since she made her debut for Impact Wrestling um, definitely would like her reign to go a bit longer I feel like she's got a lot more left with the title um, Taya Valkyrie definitely definitely I would say a good way for her to go out um, put over Deonna Deonna pretty well in the match and yeah, definitely a great match for me. Moving on from that really good hard-hitting match to what was possibly the weirdest match on the card. Ethan Page versus the Karate Man. I almost forgot about this. Um... Braden, just how could I forget? Just, 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 just talk about this. I, I, I don't. I still don't know what to make of this match. But go ahead and give us your thoughts first. Apparently, during the course of the show, or sometime or another, I must have done acid or something because I saw <laughs> Ethan Page make his weird Mortal Kombat style movie in front of a green screen where he fights himself. I can't even explain this. <laughs> Yeah, it's so meta to so many levels. It's like, what the fuck did we just watch? But it's 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 it's, it's kind of also like that good WTF. You know, like remember when they did like the whole Hardy, the whole Hardy compound thing for the first time? People were like, what the hell is going on? And then like after they did like the ultimate deletion between um uh brother Nero and broken Matt Hardy everyone was like oh my gosh this is the best thing ever and and and, and whatever so and now that we're conditioned to see no, what type of this is not even that this yeah. is not even that this is a dude with his phone recording a him fighting himself in front of a green screen in his house yeah. and it's on pay-per-view yeah because literally like all the things Everything was just changing. Like the scenes made no sense whatsoever. Like at one point, maybe they're like in a in 
in a town or a city the next to like in the frozen Alps for for whatever like and then they're at Mount Rushmore and then they're at, at then they're in Kyoto yeah yeah at the end he just see he just see the karate man walking walking into Fushimi and Nari in Kyoto I'm like oh my gosh what the heck is going on oh, here after after he beats Ethan Page by ripping out his heart, yeah. what say I told you this was crazy. It, it's it's yeah. Literally, the only two words that I can sum up for this match is Mortal Combat. <laughs> literally, that's, essentially, that's that's literally yeah. how I can um, <laughs> excuse me just sum up this match. But actually. Um, there's a pretty interesting update that I read about this match. Apparently, Ethan Page himself wasn't very happy with how it turned out. Um, so he quote says that the editing of the match was hot garbage. So this is so this is a, a report that I just got now from Cultaholic, talking about how Ethan Page was embarrassed by the hard to kill match. Claims Impact Wrestling lied to him. So, just to read a short um, snippet of the of the article, it says the following: At the Hard to Kill pay per view, Ethan Page went one on one with Karate Man in a cinematic match. The former Impact World Tag Team Champions Alter Ego ultimately picked up the win after he ripped out Page's heart. While some fans enjoyed the segment, Page himself has called the editing of the match hot garbage and said he was embarrassed by it. In a post from his personal Facebook account on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast group, Paige wrote, I'm going to take a full-blown break from social media. I'll be staying active on my personal Patreon as much as I can, and probably in this group too, because I love the fig life and you guys, XOXOXO. But man, last night sucked. I'm so embarrassed with how Impact lazily edited that segment last night and forced it to be a joke. I felt the thought of the same guys fighting each other was comedy enough, and the more serious we took it, the better the reaction would be. Because I left the company, they lied to my face and just did what they wanted the whole time. I'm sorry if any of my fans paid for the pay-per-view and felt cheated. I honestly feel the free version I gave away was made with more love, care, and attention to detail. So that's just one um, quote that he that he mentions, and then he still goes on explaining about it. And um, this final paragraph, he says here, I tried. Oh, well, life goes on. That door is closed. Now let's focus on what's next. Hope you're all well. I love all of you for supporting me and helping promote my, my projects. And then the last sentence he says, I was lied to, I was hurt, I was disrespected, and I need a break from it all. So, Brandon, what are your thoughts that Ethan Page himself said that he wasn't happy with how the match turned out? Uh, I feel bad for the guy, but uh, to me, honestly, this was worth $20 in and of itself. I thought it was fantastic. And he should he should hold his head up high because that's some of the best work I've seen this year. And, I mean, I know there's not been a lot, but, man, that was really just one of my favorite cinematic efforts. And he yeah, not be ashamed of it. Yeah, I think so too. Like, there's like I, I also think that he should hold his head up high for giving us like a very entertaining match. And like, as 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 creatives, like sometimes we don't 
like the things that we create and we think, oh, this is total trash, whatever, and we envision something different. But sometimes we no, can, I hate this podcast. It's I cannot. I can't, we can. You can ask Dell on this. I cannot listen back. I, I've never once listened. We've only done one episode, but I can't listen to it. I can't. Yeah, because. Because, because uh, I mean, sometimes, like for example, we're very self-conscious about our voices, whatever. But sometimes it just takes like a third party to like take a objective look at something and be like, "Actually, I like this pretty much. I think you did a fantastic job." So I think, I think for for Ethan Page, like, I think maybe, hopefully, sometime you'll like read some of the positive comments that people made about the match. And then maybe he might have a second look at think, Actually, you know what? This is not bad. This is not too bad. I wish it could have been different, but it's, it's, it wasn't too bad. So definitely I would say like, cause I know that Ethan page um, is makes like good comedy content and can be a good comedy wrestler as well so i thought that this was up his alley with like doing the whole comedy thing but um yeah definitely no no shame in watching produce in that match and hopefully we'll see more of ethan page in the future once he comes back to social media and, um, I, hope, and i and i hope that uh you know whatever he does next is good for him and i hope it's film for you brother I, you're probably not listening to this but if you are Man, I hope whatever doors that door opens next for you is a good one, and I hope you succeed there too. And wherever you want to do, and what wherever you want to go, I hope it's good for you, and I hope you feel there. Yeah, and I and I do believe that he'll be an asset to any company that he join that he joins in the future. So yeah, definitely looking forward to what he, the next chapter in Ethan Page's career. Um, moving forward from that, we're now going to get into the two main events of the card. The first one being the the gruesome but really really good barbed wire massacre match between Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. Your thoughts, Braden? Uh, gore, gore, and more gore, and I'm not talking about Rhino. Uh, it was, <laughs> it reminded me of the way they had it set up. There was a chain link fence on one side of the ring wrapped in barbed wire. One yeah. side of the ring was wrapped it was barbed wire ropes, and one half of the ring was like chain link. With bar, like like hung across the sides as opposed with like weapons on it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. it reminded me of more of Ravens Clockwork Clockwork House of Fun match more than it did a Barbar Massacre. But it was an amazing match. Yeah. Uh, basically, the I can I can tell you much at this point because some of my memory is a little hazy. Basically, uh, Eddie Edwards at one point takes a pile driver through some barbed wire. Uh, he off the second rope. Oh yeah, he, through that through that barbed wire board. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was that was crazy. And he still kicked out of it. I was like, holy shit, this guy. And then he hits two Boston knee parties, and somehow Callahan still kicks out. Uh, oh no, sorry. Let me back up a second. Sorry, I'm all over the place. But uh, there is one spot in this match where Callahan grabs the baseball bat. Or it's the kendo stick, sorry, which uh, Eddie Edwards calls Kenny. Hmm. And, <laughs> and, and then Eddie grabs the baseball bat that uh, Sammy used to break uh, Eddie's eye for shoot. And uh, they both stop and they both respectfully hand each other their own weapons as a sort of sign of respect during the match. Uh, but yeah, that was something I thought was cool. But basically, the finish 
is Eddie Edwards hits two Boston knee parties. He kicks out. So Eddie Edwards gets up and hits his old pr- move that he won to use the G- – the, <clears throat> sorry, guys, the move he used to win the GHC championship in Wrestling Noah. He used the diehard flojin, which is like an emerald flojin, but it was onto some barbed wire and some chairs. One, two, three. Eddie Edwards wins this emotional blood feud and a culmination of a two-year story at this point. So I yeah. hope everything's good now. Really yeah, good. Yeah, two-year story. Like it's hard to have that sort of like long-term storytelling. And I mean, like this story was always on and off with like Sammy, like feuding with other people as well as Eddie. But then they always came back and just put on some violent. Um, violent, hard-hitting matches, and to to for all of it to come to a head in this barbed wire massacre match, I don't think you could have asked for a much better match to end of their rivalry. It was it 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 fit it fit the the story that they told with one another. It it fit the intensity, the the bloodshed, and and more that's that they inflicted on one another, and. Yeah, kudos to those guys for putting themselves through hell like that because I'm pretty sure that was not uh, an easy match to to get through, but they did it, and I have nothing but respect for the two guys. So excellent match all around, and definitely one of the matches of the night for me. All right, now, after this, then sorry, I apologize. They're always trying to stay something to their butt. Oh uh, no, no, no! Because the- obviously you know what the next match is. But yeah, well, go, go go ahead, there, go ahead. Before we get there, after this, there was a announcement of a pay-per-view rebellion. But what the interesting part is, it's going to be in April, by the way. What the interesting part is, is the logos. There's the rebellion logo with the star. But what's in that star, you might ask? Huh, maybe it's an Omega symbol. Oh, ho, ho, ho. well, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk more about our our predictions about that, but. Why don't you introduce the main event of the card? All right. So the so the weaklings, the insects, compared to the god of Kenny Omega come out. The Rich Swan, his loser tail comes out. Moose comes out. He sucks. Chris Saban comes out. What's he ever done? The Good Brothers come out. They're cool, but they're wearing boy club stuff. We'll get to that in a second. But then the heavenly god of pro wrestling graces our screens and you should all be grateful for this by the way kenny omega comes out wearing the AEW championship and this match gets underway but okay back to that bullet club stuff and i'm tired of me marking out over kenny omega and how good he is uh they come out and the big lg dot gallows and carl anderson are wearing Bullet club, and when I mean bullet club stuff, I mean they have these logos on their gear. And Carl Anderson's throwing up too sweet and telling people to suck it. And I mean, it's like it's like 2015 all over again. And when I tell you, I scream, I start squealing like Hanukkah Moore on Terrace House. Like I start, like, like you know that one scene where she's squealing because she's like happy to see somebody that's what that's what i turned into when i saw them in bullet club gear yeah you felt uh, you felt you felt so wholesome when you saw it it's like oh my gosh this is fantastic like oh yeah 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 it, it's a really cool moment for me to see i had a huge nostalgia pop uh and i was just kidding about that kenny omega thing all of these guys in that match is great i'm just being me uh but uh 
Yeah, this match was uh, insane. It was surreal. One of the best matches of the night. Moose just went ham. I I can't. I don't even know where to start. Do you want me to take over quickly, and then you can think more? I. You know what? There's a certain spot I want to talk about, and I'm sure you know which spot I'm talking about. Which. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about, but um, yeah, I'll just give my I'll just keep give my quick view on on this match. Yeah, like Braden said, Moose was definitely one of the MVPs of this match because when he said that he was gonna be a team player, he stuck to his word, and oh my gosh, like I would never would have thought that like Moose would fit perfectly in this match, but also it's it's so surreal to think that. Kenny Omega is wrestling on Impact Wrestling as the AEW yeah. World Champion. Like, wearing like, a Bullet Club shirt. Wearing a Bullet Club Halloween shirt out of all <laughs> things. It is so surreal. But, oh my gosh, did this match deliver on so many levels. Like, I think many people can argue that this was the selling point of the entire pay-per-view, but they definitely delivered on all fronts by having Kenny and the Good Brothers versus um, Swan, Saban, and, and Moose. But yeah, what a match from start to end. It was such a close call to tell who was going to win. I think it was pretty certain that Kenny was Kenny and the, the, the Good Brothers were going to win this match. But with so many near falls, I think, I think there was the one thing where like... Um, I think Saban hits his finisher or something like that. And then I remember, Braden, when you saw it, you're like, kick out, kick out, kick out. And then I think it was um, Gallows that came in to, to save the pin or whatever. And you're like, oh, thank goodness, thank goodness. Well, when here's the thing. When I watch Kenny Omega match, I become that seven or eight-year-old little boy again that didn't know that wrestling was, well, I don't like you, didn't know that wrestling was scripted, didn't know wrestling was predetermined. Like, that John Cena, when John, I used to do thing when I was little with John Cena. I would, you know, scream at the kick out, and, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, I become yeah. that. Kenny just takes me to that place. And uh, because he's so good at what he does. And, uh, yeah, that's why I was just screaming at the top of my lungs. And it's really fun to do that. Uh, yeah, this <laughs> match, uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that Kenny won. I'm very interested to see where this goes. By the way, the finish of this match, I'm sorry, we're so we're so all over the place. I apologize. Probably not the best episode, but hey. Uh the finish of this match saw Kenny hit the one winged angel, the Karyoto no Tenshi in Japanese, uh hit the one winged angel on Rich Swan and pinned him clean in the middle of the ring. The AEW world champion pinned the impact world champion on the main event of their biggest pay-per-view. Good law. Yeah. And it would it, be hard not to say that this is probably going to set up a championship match between the two of them down the line. My prediction is that this will probably happen at Rebellion. Braden thinks this is probably going to happen at Revolution, but uh, we agree to disagree. Don't you, don't you, don't you think, Braden? Yeah, I think we'll agree to disagree. Actually, you know what? I think you're right because... I think now that I look at it, the Omega symbol kind of gave it away, didn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, um, with AEW still continuing the feud between Moxley and Omega, it only makes sense that um, 
I think once Omega and uh, Moxley are done feuding, then Kenny can start focusing on building a feud with Rich Swan. I think this match, if they're going to build it towards Kenny challenging for the Impact um, World Championship, this definitely needs a long build uh, and feud between them till we get to eventually Rebellion where that match might possibly take place. There was some interesting stuff to take place after this. We're not going to review Impact in full, but I wanted to mention a couple of things. There were some very interesting things to happen in the Impact after the show. Um, I want to get into those quickly. Um, first of all, uh, that private party showed up with Matt Hardy. Um, yeah, and uh, they challenged uh, Chris Saban and James Storm for the right to challenge the Good Brothers. It was a number one contender match. And uh, Tony Khan was doing his normal promo vignette. Uh, thing where he, you know, he says, I, I'm going to pay for this week's ad and next week's blah, 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 blah. And he talks about how much money he has and how he's going to help out Impact and blah, blah, blah. But then they pan, they pan away and he's in the Impact zone. And he comes out with Jerry Lynn. I mean, Jerry Lynn. And he, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Lynn. What's a, do a growl, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and they basically private party win the number one contenders for the impact tag team titles after interference from Jerry Lynn at ringside <laughs> and Tony Khan during the match is sitting there at ringside with a notebook. It is a star Trek notebook that he has sitting there and he's writing down, taking notes as they're wrestling. Yeah. What, what, what a crazy time we're living in. What a crazy time we're living in to have the owner of AEW sitting on an impact taping, watching a match between AEW and Impact, basically, with an AEW tag team challenging for the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships. What a crazy time we're living in as wrestling fans. And it's it's just going to be nothing short of phenomenal and spectacular. And definitely this AEW um, Impact partnership has, has nothing but... Uh, positives going forward really I personally think this was a long time coming given the the relationship that um, Don Callis has with the elite so it was just a matter of time before they were gonna find themselves working together like this but oh my gosh what a what a time we're living in and you can also see that Tony Khan is happy with this because you can just see nothing but the biggest smile on his face seeing what's going on here so yeah I'm very excited with with this relationship what are your thoughts about it Brayden this is really cool I think good for private party uh you know these guys really deserve it um and we'll talk more about them with what happened tonight next week when we review dynamite um but uh yeah some crazy things are happening and i'm all for it uh but uh yeah this is hard to kill is a good pay-per-view impact doing some cool stuff aew doing some cool stuff but let's talk about the elephant in the room a certain tongan was very mad oh <laughs> me. oh are you talking about one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions? Are you talking about that, Tongan? Yes, I'm talking about Jay Uso. Yes, now I'm, I'm talking about Tama Tong. Oi, uh, Jay, Jay, Jay Uso Samoan, not Tongan. <laughs> I know, that's a joke, idiot. Okay, okay. Just just making sure that you know that's 
Jey Uso Samoan and Tomatonga's Tongan. But anyway, yeah. So Tomatonga, really? It's, it's it's actually if you don't mind me just like talking about this first and then getting your opinion afterwards. But for me, it's so interesting how this quote unquote bullet club civil war has gone on for so long like this whole twitter beef and and it hasn't like really come to heads fully we got we got like a snippet of what could have been like such a great angle like when the elite were leaving new japan and ring of honor at the time but then but then they started aew and then it just kind of just fell flat but it's just so interesting how like how Tomatonga has just been coming out and like saying, oh, Kenny, Osh- Kenny Oshmega and his bootleg Bullet Club coming around here. They're not Bullet Club. We're no. the Bullet Club in Japan and all that stuff. But it's it's so it's so amazing. Like I it like Tomatonga is like one of the best talkers in the in, in the industry, like no doubt. And like the way like he comes at it and everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really just want to blow up between like the elite and and like uh, New Japan Bullet Club. Like I really, really want it. Yeah, uh, apparently, I mean, not apparently. Uh, this is not something that's true. It's just a rumor. Something I want to see. But they should do this in War Games. They should do this in blood and guts. They should have the Bullet Club and the Elite. Good Lord, let me dream. Yeah, that's that's definitely the. I mean, we've had some small uh, dream matches, like when uh, Bullet Club blew up, and then they split between the OGs and the Elite, with like um, God versus the Young Bucks for the IWGP Tag Championships, and. And Bullet Club running rough shot on the G1 that year, basically ending almost all their matches by disqualification and, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, we never really got a full payoff. And I think Tama mentioned this on his podcast, Tama's, Tama's Island as well, how there wasn't really like a, a, a proper payoff to the whole angle. And it seems like he's trying to build up that that um, angle again between the elite and, and the and bullet club as well. So I really, as, as me just doing fantasy booking, I would love to see like a proper blow off match between the elite and bullet club one day. Maybe one day we'll get it, but um, yeah, that that's probably, we're going to start to wrap things up here uh, because it's getting really late on my side and I got to go to school tomorrow. Uh, sorry if I've been all over the place this episode guys I'm really exhausted we wanted to get this episode out for you this week we're going to do two in the first week but next week we're going to go from one a week from now on and it'll probably come out every Wednesday so you can expect that Um, we wanted to give you this bonus episode this week just because you know hard to kill with this week and also it's the first week so we want to really end with a bang give you guys two episodes so we had to really push this one out so I'm sorry if there's some issues there on my end, but uh, I hope you enjoyed. And uh, next week, we're going to review AEW Dynamite and we are going to review Stardom. Yes, we are going to review World Wondering Stardom. We're going to review their Cork and Hall show that just happened the 17th. And uh, the main event was Utami Hayashista and Micah for the 
world of stardom championship also known as the red belt it was a really good match there's a lot of really good stuff on the show we'll review that show um too along with dynamite so that's next week's episode uh thank you for listening and uh thank you dale for helping me with this podcast today helping me with that today brother yeah not a problem at all glad to help you as always and uh if we're on iTunes by this point, God willing, please leave a five-star review and tell us what you think of the show, and we we'll might read them out next episode or something. We'll figure something out. Guys, this has been the Wrestling Nation Podcast. We'll see you next week. See you.